0: to this week's man in the post extra time it's a very special extra time first of all we've got jesse hello i like my song oh you always That's have great. a song yeah I know. hi <laughs> how are you good 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 uh i, sh- I didn't introduce myself i'm chris uh your host uh with us this week we've got a very special guest we've got um professional football player sammy walker
1: hello how are you this evening
0: grand how are you
1: i'm good i'm good so adjusting to this time zone shift I, to be yeah. a podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst one I've done is I did a podcast once, somebody was in Colorado and the other person was in uh, Alaska. Oh,
1: I, I just, I just
0: scrap it. <laughs> scrap time zones, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Americans are not worth it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about um, Sammy's career and a bit about Sammy herself uh, and see if we can learn a few things. So, first of all, tell us all about yourself. Um what league you play in, a little bit about yourself and your background as uh, as well, and um, who you sported growing up. Oh, that's a lot of
2: to fit into one sentence. It a... is.
0: <laughs> well, you, you can use a lot of semicolons.
2: And you can only Excellent. use words that start with the letter M. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah,
1: i not all words that begin with M. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Sammy. Um, I'm uh, a player in the FA Women's National League um which is the sort of the last you get the women's super league you've got the league of blows the championship it's the league just below that um and uh, i'm at 31 next week which is horrific
0: it's not yeah. you're still
1: very young um happy birthday thank you it's uh, literally a week today and i'm not happy about it at all <laughs> um, yeah I, i've been playing football since i was like five years old so um over two and a half decades which is really quite upsetting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's been a massive part of my life. Um, I played uh, through academy setups when I was younger, um, and then I kind of stepped away from football um, in my late teens and went back to it in my late 20s um, as uh, after I transitioned. So it's been a, a wild ride seeing much of football's uh, different sides the different sides of the game um and yeah so that's kind of who i am um nowadays um like I say, i'm say, i playing in the, in the women's national league i also play in a number of mixed gender uh leagues and lgbt inclusive leagues um and yeah i do a lot of advocacy for lgbtq and trans inclusion in sport
0: fabulous before we get into the lgbtq uh what were your academies you were at
1: uh, i started i think first i was at northampton uh, and I moved to and wanderers um and then I uh, was snapped up by Watfords um which were a premier League club at the sides at the time um and yeah I, I was there from i think 13 to my sort of mid mid to late teens when I sort of came to terms with who I was and realized there wasn't really a space for me in football uh, or I didn't feel like there was at the time um and I yeah I sort of walked away from football from there but uh, yeah, Watford was the, was probably the biggest club that I played for back in the day, so to speak.
0: Anyone from your academy as well as you make it? Pardon? Anyone apart from yourself make it as a, a professional? Yeah,
1: there's a few. There was a few. I think I played against more players that made it, than um, played with more players that made it. Um, but yeah, there was a few. I think I played with a, a, a guy who's, I think, I'm not sure where he's playing anymore, but I know he was starting around sort of the Scottish leagues and... Um, sort of mid- middle championship in League One, a guy called Harry Forrester that I played with back then. Um but yeah, like I, I remember playing against I remember playing against some um quite big players. I think I played against Theo Walcott when he was at Southampton when he was younger and um uh, possibly Aaron Ramsey I think at Arsenal a few times or I don't know, I guess it was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I played against some pretty top players that are, are playing now. Um and they evidently were much better than I was <laughs>
0: <laughs> no not at all um okay so you transitioned you say you're in your late teens early 20s you transitioned did you
1: no so I, I sort of came to terms with who I was um about that time in my life but uh, I didn't really see how I was going to fit into the world back then um no. and so it took until kind of my late 20s I like 26 27 when I came out and started transitioning um yeah, so it was, it was I, if I, if I, I wish I had transitioned, I was younger, but, um, yeah, no, I was, I was
0: 26, I think, when I, when I came out. Okay, um, so just sort of for any listeners, you transitioned from male to female? Indeed. Okay, uh, did you always, so you're saying you felt different, um, and uh, you felt something had to change, was it obvious that you felt you had to transition, or were there other things you thought might be the reason for your sort of state of mind at the time?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, I, I grew up in the 90s and 2000s, you know, and, and I think attitudes back then were different to today in the same way that the 70s were different to the 90s. You know, that in, in a lot can happen in two decades um, in terms of social stigmas and social uh, attitudes towards things. And um, mm. I think growing up, anything that was... Uh, Born male but feminine was gay, you know, and so I, it was. That was kind of the ethos that we were brought up with, and I, I always struggled with that because I'm bisexual, and I was like, "Well, oh, I, I, still like girls. Like, what's going? <laughs> like, I can't be gay because I still find these women attractive. Like, it, it must not be it, um, you know. And uh, it was always this innate kind of internal feeling of this isn't like this isn't quite right. I, but I never really had the language for it, you know. I never really had. I was never really exposed to. Um, knowing what it was, so it was kind of a lot of guesswork from a from a child's point of view, you know, a lot of the time. Um, but as I got older, and I, I guess I, I saw people who were like me. Um, you know, I always uh, I, the first person I saw uh, was was Nadia on Big Brother. I'm not sure oh, yeah. if you remember Big Brother, but yeah. like, it was like 2004 or something. She won it, didn't she? Um, she did win it, yeah. And, and I think. I remember hearing her speak about herself and her experiences and why she transitioned and stuff like that on, on TV and going, she's speaking about me, this is exactly how I feel. Um, and then later somebody I knew, or oh, a friend of a friend had transitioned. And then suddenly it wasn't something that just people on TV that, that did, you know, it was something that, oh, people like me can, you know, this is something that is normal, you know, or it became normalized to a certain degree. And, um, but equally, I, I recognised, I, I saw how trans people were treated, you know, you can see how trans people are treated nowadays, um, and it can still be pretty horrific. Um, so, back then I was just, I was terrified, you know, I just didn't want, did not want to be this person, I could, and I, I fought it for as long as I could, um, and eventually I just got to a point where I was like, I have to just accept who I am and be myself, and has now the best thing I ever did you know my life has changed dramatically and I'm you know, much much happier now.
0: Was football uh, a nice distraction from those feelings at that time yeah, either playing yeah. or watching?
1: Yeah 100% I think football has always been an escape for me um, exercise in general but particularly football Um playing at a decent level you have to you can't think about all your problems because you're too busy focused on the on the game, you know. And and so for two hours every Saturday, and for an hour on Tuesday and an hour on Thursday, I got to just forget everything and I just played something, did something that I loved and that people thought I was good at, and that was all that mattered and in, in in that moment, you know. And um, that was that was a, a real. You know support to me was having that kind of atmosphere where I could just go and play football um but ultimately you know football atmospheres are what football atmospheres are and there's a lot of sort of homophobia a lot of um exclusion within particularly the men's game um and it was it was both my safe place and a an uncomfortable experience at the same time
0: And um, how does one transition what is the process for how someone transitions in the uk
1: oh,
0: uh, <laughs> not easy uh, i can take can imagine can,
2: <laughs> but Sammy, can I, ask a, I guess like a pre-question to that question yeah, sure. um so i obviously coming at this from the us but also um as someone who's had younger students um transition because now we're god when, what year is this 2021 um and so, I guess in a way that's you know we've we've come farther in certain situations, but I see even with my kids that I guess even when there's access that you didn't have to services and information, there still can be a lack of social support and um, familial and society support. So,
1: yeah, definitely. Did
2: you? did you find or are there ways to find even accessible um just information is there, are there ways for people young people to yeah i mean, find I mean you, things like that, yeah, that
1: they... i mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of charity services that now offer you know that have sprung up that are doing really good work um in that kind of stuff but you know uh, we live in an age now where we have the internet you know, I I grew I grew up before dial-up. <laughs> you know, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have um, the internet in my house till I was probably in, you know in my teens. So, um, yeah, like it, it's a different world now. You know, I think there's there's a lot more access and exposure to it, and uh, I think that's you know shown by the fact that there's a lot more people coming out as gay, by trans, you know, or whatever. It's, it's you know, I don't think there's it's like a an epidemic of people, I think people are just much more comfortable with being honest with who they are now, you know, and I think that's something that, that social stigma has gone away, particularly with the younger generation, you know, there's, you know, so what if somebody's gay, so what if somebody's trans, like that's the young people's attitude, you know, if you're under 18, no one cares, you know, and I think that's beautiful, I think that's great that we've, you know, created that atmosphere, um, for people to grow up in those non-judgmental spheres, but, um... Because unfortunately there's a lot of the decision makers are still middle-aged adults who hold their opinions they've still held, held for the last 20 30 years. Um, in terms of Chris's uh, question in terms of the transitioning thing um, I have transitioned privately because the NHS doesn't really have a transitional provision in the UK um, there is on paper a provision um, but the wait times at the moment for your first appointment seen after your referral can be five six years um, and so if you're even if you're 18 and you go into it and you go right I know this is what I want to do you're going to be 24 before you get an appointment
2: do you have to be 18 do you have to wait till you're 18
1: yeah I mean at the moment you have to you, you can't prescribe uh, any hormones or anything to un- anyone under the age of 18 or they had been I think that's recently been overturned But legislation hasn't changed at the moment. Um, A lot of GPs, like for for myself, obviously I I transitioned medically and hormonally, um, and my doctors still refuse to do blood tests for me, even though um, it's you know part of something that should be just included as as part of my uh, you know well being. You know, it it would be uh, irresponsible to go and change all your hormone levels without being having them monitored. Um, but I have to go and fund all that privately because the, my doctors say, "Well, it's not an NHS provided thing," and the only reason I'm in this situation is because the NHS aren't providing the thing, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can say it, it's different for everybody everywhere. Obviously, every country has different rules, has different, has different attitudes, um, you know, and it varies so. Like in the states, it's it's it varies so rapidly. like widely from where eight, you live eight,
2: you know. insurance
1: to insurance yeah. yeah what insurance you have what, what state you're in you know it's it, it's crazy so um yeah like it's how one transitions is is very much a case of however you can at the moment mm. um, for a lot of trans people um and i think you know it's it's there's been a lot of sensationalization over what transitioning is the motives behind it um and ultimately, you know, this whole trans liberation thing is, is, is just a group of people that just want to live their lives in a way that isn't the way that other people live their lives and other people say, no, you can't do that um, without really having any reason other than I don't like it. Um, do we anyway.
0: mention Irish comedy writers now?
1: Oh, God, I don't want to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so how... Um,
0: uh, so when it comes to football and transitioning, so... Uh, how easily was that accepted so you know were you refused access to certain changing rooms or no, none of that
1: happened none of that happens like this is the thing like if you go on a team and like I, I don't think I, for, for, for uh, the first few weeks I don't think anybody that I was playing with knew what I was I knew that I was transgender um, you know I'm not a massive big hulking six foot four person you know i'm like five foot nine i weigh like ten stone you know i'm not the tallest fastest strongest girl on that team um you know i don't stand out you know i'm not i'm not a a particularly you know i'm not that good you know i'm not a penalty taker she told she told us yeah um you know and i think that's the the thing is that there's been so much sensationalization around it that people assume that there's going to be so much so much trouble um but I, I genuinely have never encountered anything in person in that it t- directed towards me um, online. I've had, I mean, when, when I when I when I announced that I had been approached to be signed by the national league team, that um, you know it made BBC it made BBC news <laughs> like there was a whole thing on like, like the abuse that I'd had. I had like you know hundreds and hundreds of abusive messages in an evening. Um, saying how i had destroyed women's sports and how i had you know i was taking places away from real women etc cetera, etc cetera. um and the irony being is, is that i have to my knowledge i'm i'm the highest I, i'm playing in the highest ranked league of any trans person in the uk and i'm playing in the third division it's hardly dominating is it you know, <laughs> um you know, I play for a mid-table side in the third division. I haven't, and I and I didn't play because obviously we had lockdown. Like since I signed, we've obviously had a, a, a pandemic, which cut a season short. Um, I was injured, and I hurt my knee. Um, I'm only just getting back to fitness and playing in a few charity games now. Um, so I actually haven't played a competitive game for them since I saw, You know, since I since I joined them, I've only played in friendly, um, which is bad. Um, but people still have this idea that my sheer presence on the team sheet is is somehow unfair
2: um how do you oh sorry
1: yeah go on how do you handle
2: that like disgusting gross stupid vitriol
1: uh i look at it as a way that if people are trying people trying to drag me down to their level it's because they're already beneath me that's (laughs) the way i kind of look at it you know um and you know there's there's a million things you know if you if you're trying to be the protector of women in women's sports and, and and ensuring equal opportunity there are a million things that you should put your efforts into into ensuring that women have the same access to sports clubs the same that women the same women have the same funding the fact that women have the same uh, access to equipment you know there, there's so many things that that are driving inequality in the women's game um and the reality is is that they don't care about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because picking on me makes them feel like they're superior to someone and that's that's the reality of it um you know it's these people aren't they they don't care about women's sports they don't care about women they're not they're not chirping up when it comes to human rights issues in in the middle east they're not chirping up when it comes to any of these issues that are facing women globally and they are focused solely on trans women and that's transphobia you know that's the end of the day if that's your your goal and your motive is to exclude a set of people because you don't like the fact that they have a life that they are enjoying and that they like you know after doing something that you think is wrong or whatever, then you know that's on you that's not my problem
0: (laughs) you come across on twitter as someone who um I wouldn't say you see the sort of baiting as a sport, but you sort of see it as like you know there ain't no flies on me. I'll sort of quote tweet you, and if you start into my DMs, I'll screenshot you and expose you for for what you are. But it it must yeah. at times get really really on top of you. I mean when you when you said you had those hundreds of messages, but you know the, the sort of message after message after message. Do, it, you're you are a far braver person. I think I could be on social media. I I I
1: don't think. I think I you know, uh, there's very few fucks that I give um, (laughs) and uh, they're running dry constantly. Um, You know, it's just one of those uh, I don't want their problems to be my problems. Mm. And I make a conscious effort to uh, meet that kind of stuff with humour or with, um, you know, ridicule back you know i think that's kind of the, the reality you know you have to find a way of coping with it because it, it does get overwhelming at times and there has been occasions where my mental health has suffered um particularly early before you know when i wasn't so used to being so exposed in um the media or, or whatever you know i did struggle with it um but you know I, i've been in this situation now where i've been uh, a moderate target for Trans-exclusionary people for the last two years, and it's just like water off a duck's back now. Like it's words on a screen. What, what, you know, that this is that's how they're spending their Friday night. (laughs) You know, that's how I look at it. I'm like, that's that's your life. That's your life right here. So you crack on, you do that. I'll do my thing. We'll see who's more successful at the end of it.
0: Do you report? Is there any point in reporting to Twitter, or do you just block and move on?
1: It depends. Like uh, if I see somebody who is only making accounts to target to, to be transphobic and to be abusive to or be racist or or whatever you know if it's if their sole purpose is just to troll people to upset them then yeah I probably will report them um but if it's just someone with some bigoted views who's just like you know or it has, has a religion that doesn't correspond with their but like you know they have every right to believe whatever they want to believe um and i'm a firm firm believer in the right to free speech but you know freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequence and so if you do something pretty heinous to me i will quote tweet you and put you on blast for my followers <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there you go there's, there's a bit of your medicine because that's what you're doing for other people all day
0: that's so, the content i'm there for with you
1: yeah yeah i think there's a lot of people that, that just uh follow me because i'm pedantic and 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 gobby but um yeah i do
2: that word from you actually
1: what being but gobby. You're dating as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i frequently describe myself as just a gobby cow who can do you ups. <laughs> there's, there's nothing special about me that's it how many can you do
0: uh
1: you'll get bored of counting before i drop the ball oh really yeah i'm fairly confident
0: oh wow i mean <laughs> I, I, if i get to five i'm happy
1: oh I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of the videos that i've done like, i've done some people i can do some pretty cool tricks and stuff so I've oh, really what, like,
0: just, what can you do
1: just, like, Oh, you name it. Tisani's, star- around the world. I get—I have my own trick called an under the world, which is where you spin the ball under your body um, and it flicks up behind your head without it touching the floor. Be any other, you're just using the spin on the ball to get it up. I there you to dare Chris right now to learn this trick. <laughs> You've got no... I tell you what, I tell you, if Chris could learn this trick in a month of practicing, I, I will personally pay him a £10. Go <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on
0: then. <laughs> You'd have to send me a video of yourself and how you do it, and I will um, not be able to do it, but try.
1: <laughs> on my TikTok, so I'll have to send you a link.
0: Have you ever used it on a pitch? In a I game?
1: I've got that. I get, I get I have my legs broken. <laughs> and
2: it's <in> <laughs> Wait, Sammy, can you do the thing where where I feel like it's only in movies and in the Copa the, Sudamericana, where you throw the ball, where you go for a throw-in, but you do a, oh, like handstand, a handstand, a cartwheel?
1: Yes. Oh, no, I break my neck. I oh. <laughs> uh, you that. know what your qualifications are uh, and you, you stick to them. You've got to know your limitations. Yeah. And, that, that, and I quite like my nails. And I feel like if if I try to do that, I might slip off the ball and break my nails. Breaker, and I'm, yeah. I'm not okay with that. These are ta- these are my own nails, and these have taken okay. far too long for me to to grow. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to sacrifice showboating.
0: <laughs> Has your style of cha- uh, play changed pre and post? transition um or uh, do you feel your body has changed in such a way that it sort of allows you to do certain things you couldn't do before
1: oh i think my, my body has definitely changed um yes i can imagine um, <laughs> um yeah like I, I you know i i was you know relatively fit and athletic before transition and i i continue to or like to think i'm still relatively fit and athletic now um, but i think the big difference is is that demands between i think the men's game has a lot more emphasis on physicality and aggression um whereas men, uh, the women's team is women's game is much more about passing teamwork um and positioning um and i think that the different traits benefit diff- the different game um i was never a super aggressive person you know i'm, I'm quite gobby on the pitch and i'm quite quite vocal um
0: what's in the other team
1: Oh, so everyone. You're a sledger, are you? Yeah, yeah. Opposition fans, everyone. Everyone's <laughs> getting it. Um, no, I'm not that bad, honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, think, I think that, that I've always like I say, I've always been quite a utility player, and I can play anywhere, you know, other than left-back. I'm not very good at left-back. Um, and I, I... Yeah, I think it's, it's the difference is in the game as opposed to in the skill set required. Is different as opposed to me changing as a player, um, but I think my style is quite creative when I play, and I think that that's that's something that benefits just any game of football that you play in. I think if you can create chances and beat a person and lay that that vital ball through, then that's that's what makes you know makes chances and creates a good match.
0: Do you did you the style of play you play now and before you transitioned, which suits you more?
1: Uh, now, because I'm not worrying about who I am, um, <laughs> you know, I yeah. um, no, I, th- I think, I think now is probably, I'm more comfortable playing, um, even if I play against, you know, I still play in, in matches against, against men, um.
0: Sorry, when I meant comfortable, I meant sort of comfortable as in the sort of style of play, so this, yeah, the, 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 well,
1: this, is what I, yeah this is what I say, so it doesn't matter whether I play against men or, or, or women, like I still play the same way. Yeah. Um. And I don't think there's been a massive change in in how I play, um, but there has been a, a significant change in the way that particularly men react to watching me play. Um, nowadays, it, it's far more surprised, um, mm. whereas as before it was just going, "Oh yeah, you're a good player," you know. Um, nowadays, people are kind of like, "Oh, you're actually quite good." We we're expecting you to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think <laughs> is that because of how you look? Yeah, yeah, I understand. I like, so see a girl lining up with a, you know, a, a five-a-side team with a load of men, they think, oh, she's here to make up numbers. Mm. Um, and before long, they're having to mark me two at a time, because otherwise I'm spinning them. So,
0: I've got a cricket book, and it's basically, it's all about the sort of politics of village cricket in the mid-90s and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's, it is really good. But basically, <laughs> it's if... <up> <laughs> It is actually, but basically, if a opposition player turned up, or if an opposition team turned up with a black player, they automatically assumed that they were a really good fast bowler. If the opposition player turned up with an Australian, they automatically assumed they're an amazing batter. So it, it's a sort of—is that a similar sort of analogy? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, less racial undertone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think uh, I, I think the uh, stereotype people assume stereotypes. Um, and in the same in the same way that um, I think most people assume that any girl that plays football or plays rugby or plays sports must be a lesbian, either <laughs> um, you know, there's there's that those those kind of generic assumptions that are made based on stereotypes. But um, yeah, and I, I I don't know what people think. I just I quite like the I quite like the the thing after the match where people are going, oh, fair play to you, actually, love you. You're right. So, <laughs>
0: Um, have you ever faced any it's, uh, playing in a women's team or w- in a women's league? Have you ever faced any of the issues that people like Casta Semenya have played, where people sort of say it's unfair due to hormones and whatever oh, else? Yeah. That you, yeah.
1: uh,
0: does that come from the opposition team or does that come from fans or? And how does no, it's that never, it's work?
1: Never, it's never happened in, in person at matches. It doesn't happen. This is the, this is the thing. Like this whole. Um, thing that the the whole of sports is against trans women playing is just like a lie it just <laughs> it's people that don't play sports that are spreading this rhetoric um i like i say i've only received abuse and horrendous abuse online um largely by people that like i say have have never watched a game of women's football in their lives so um you know i think that's the thing like if, if you if you have this idea that the biggest the fastest the strongest are the best then you don't understand football
2: mm.
0: but no team has ever sort of said that's you know fair no, unfair no with...
1: never no? No, no, I, in fact the only time I've ever had unfair was playing against guys and them saying oh we feel like we can't tackle you <laughs> properly <laughs> and I'm like well deal with your misogyny <laughs> like, <laughs> deal, deal with your superiority issues and tackle me properly Um. you know they feel like they can't yeah, you know, oh, I can't tackle. I can't slide tackle a girl. I was like, well, you can slide tackle. You can commit yourself if you want, but you'll see my heels after. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to sort of get your preemptive slide tackle in first to show you that you're as mean as much business as anybody? Yeah, but there are
1: times where, like, I notice guys kind of trying to like almost going easy on me, and I have to kind of leave a shoulder in. So I'm like, no, I'm I don't play properly, um, because you know I want to. I want to play at the I want to compete every game that I play like I'm super competitive like I hate the like, I ask any of my friends like I, it doesn't matter whether it's a, a pancake flipping contest like I want to win it um and yeah it doesn't matter who I'm playing with or against that's that's the that's the amount to win
0: are you a good winner or a terrible loser
1: um I'm a, I'm a terrible loser and a worse winner oh, really <laughs> I can describe, I'm a terrible terrible loser and a worse winner Um, (laughs) No, I'm I'm not that bad I don't think, I Um, I, hope Yeah, it's a competitive game You know, we wouldn't keep score if it wasn't competitive, would you?
0: No, that's true, no you wouldn't So you've never faced any sort of sledging from the opposition or opposition fans or
1: Never ever, I I think um, there was an occasion where I played um, and there was like a um whispers that there was a trans player on the pitch but it was directed but they misdirected it and just picked on the tallest shortest head woman <laughs> that was on the pitch um that they were suggesting might might be a man um, you know it's, it's so it's, yeah it's, it's one of those kind of, it hasn't really affected me in game um but then again i have you know i i keep who i play for
2: Because I want people. What about? Um, Sammy, I wonder. I sounded like one of preschools. I wonder. <laughs> um, if it sort of reminded me what how. Um, Chris asked the question about, sledging, which is an other word completely new to me. So you know, I'll ask you guys to define that later. Um. And you were saying it was like, you know, people totally unrelated who have no idea what the actual issue is, who are just peeking in from the outside and offering their very unwanted views. What somebody in the um, abortion movement here said about anti-choice people, that they're protecting us to death.
1: <laughs> they're <laughs> like, we are going to fight for you so hard. Yeah. I think that, that that whole the whole thing is that um that I, I I've taken away from it is that, that, that they really really care about fetuses up until they're born um and then that's not their problem yeah exactly. um,
2: so and it's sort of, it, they don't bother to you know they have the sense of what the issue or whatever in their minds is but they don't bother to ask anybody who's actually part of the community or any any stakeholder or community member they just go in sometimes literal guns blazing and go forth and make so much more noise and trouble and sometimes like the noise is the bigger problem
1: yeah yeah i think i think that's something that translates into sort of my experiences is that we you know the reality is is that you know most people I've ever met totally accept who I am, totally accept everything, are, are totally cool with me. Um but there's a very, very vocal minority that for whatever reasons, um, aren't okay with it. And, you know, they, they make a lot of noise and that that noise influences the middle ground. Um and, you know, it's it's always easier to Mock than understand, um, and you know I think you know I, I think. Whereas it was the entire LGBT community and any other race when I was growing up, you, you know if you weren't white or you were gay or you were trans or whatever, you were fair game, um, and you know that was it was wrong back then. It's wrong now, um, but nowadays I think you know trans people are the the last. Kind of bastion of we can take the mick out of that um and it still be societally acceptable because there's still a large proportion of people that to their knowledge have never met a trans person
2: I, but that's that to their knowledge is so <laughs> important because a i think it's, it goes back to what you said at the beginning that a lot of people are just rightfully afraid to come out still which is society's problem and people are also I guess locked in their own head and don't <laughs> look at and ask about their own friends and
1: family members yeah well, and i think this is the thing as well it's like so i i, I do a lot of work with it with the like football inclusion inclusion in football teams you know not just for trans people but for the gay men and gay sides you know uh or, or, or gay people dealing in men's football and you know a lot of the time you get people saying well we haven't got any gay players we don't have to worry about being inclusive and I'm like well no no you haven't got any out gay players <laughs> because you have that attitude right you know what I mean like it's bit of totally different things like statistically if you've got a team of 11 people starting a football match statistically one of them is likely to be gay whether they're out or not is irrelevant but if you're creating an atmosphere where they feel that like they can't be themselves then that's not an inclusive atmosphere you're, you're, you're not um, you're not creating a a, a space for them. They're, you're, in, in, you're creating an exclusive space where they have to pretend to be someone they're not, and I just don't think that anybody should be in that situation where they have to to fake their way through life just so they can, you know, meet other people's expectations of them. Do you
0: think? Do you think the Premier League is ready for a uh, gay footballer to come out?
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's. It's more than just, is it ready? I think there's there's people worry about sponsorships, people worry about um, what it would mean, you know, the level of abuse that they would get from opposition fans who are instantly then a target. Um, and, and the FA and football associations around the world, be it UEFA, FIFA, whatever, have, have shown time and time again that the money is more important than the inclusivity. Um and I think that's that's the biggest problem is that there's a there's a lot of corruption in in the game, and they they place the the continuation of the money coming in above creating a, a good atmosphere for everybody.
0: Well, I was going to say we're speaking in the week that um, that PIF, who are definitely not connected with the Saudi Arabian uh, regime, uh, have taken over Newcastle United. Um, I don't know if you've seen the statement by the Newcastle Pride. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I, I know, I know, I've sort of had some familiarity with them um, because a lot of their players play for Newcastle Panthers, which is like an LGBTQ side. Mm. Um, and I, I know a few people who, who work with them and, yeah, like I, I saw the statement and I was just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. You know, it's, that is, that is, they've hit the nail on the head with the statement. Um, you know, I, I don't think that we should be endorsing and we should be allowing certain people with certain values into the game when we're pushing to to make it more inclusive and to make it that kind of thing, um, but again, it's this money-driven. Money makes the world go round, and ultimately, that's what will decide for the future. Um, whilst you know there are still so few people standing up and saying no, this isn't on.
0: Do you think uh, football is ready for a trans player to play? Uh, maybe for. Uh, sort of national team level for because i think maybe uh, while the women's super league is is getting more and more prominence thanks to the new tv deal traditionally i think most people know that um or most sort of lay people know um women's football maybe through the national team you think the national team is or fans of the national team will be ready for not new fa- not fans new fans uh of I mean, the national team are they ready for a trans footballer
1: Give me a call up. Don't know. <laughs> that, <you> know, <laughs> you want, and do you need to tell us something? It's just so happens that. Yeah. No. Um. No. You know. I. I think the reality is, is that that a trans player will always be judged on what they look like.
2: That's yeah. The
1: reality of it. Um. And. Uh. There has been very little, mocking of what I look like because I don't look like dude you know it's, it's one of those uh, people, you know i've never been they, they have they have used sensationalist you know sensationalized images of, of trans athletes against you know five foot one you know women mm. and we're like look at the size of this part. and they're only like five foot nine you know they're just next to a really short person <laughs> um and they don't you know always fail to recognize that the variation within you know, the smallest footballer to the tallest footballer. You know, there's there's many many professional footballers that are way taller than me. You know, like yeah. uh, the French centre back. I think it's Wendy Renard or Renard.
2: Yeah,
1: yes. she's six foot two. Yeah, like she's huge. Like she's usually a she's a unit. Like, I mean, look,
2: Messi took growth hormones and he's five foot
1: five. Yeah, yeah, I mean, isn't isn't that cheating to get love out and There you go. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know that's the reality of it you know and a lot of the time it's pe- people who are saying stuff against trans people saying uh you know they have a, a gc gcse or you know basic high school understanding of of biology and they think that that makes them a geneticist and they that they understand endocrinology but um yeah like i i i think it's the same with anything the moment you're the first to do anything you will always be met with backlash um and the way that i see it is that i you know i'm not gonna Uh, be breaking any boundaries down, you know, in my career I don't think, um, to that extent, but hopefully, you know, we can plant some seeds and you know, grow some trees that someone else will benefit from the shade, you know
0: I remember Steve Ball going to the World Cup in Italian 90 when he was a third division player, so there's always time
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I appreciate the the faith uh, (laughs) to, to do this, but I, I'm fairly sure my my shot at that has, has long passed but um, yeah like I say if uh, if I any anyone involved in the England women's staff is, is listening let me know <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, we have
2: there are two trans players playing now in the NWSL which is going through its own nightmare right now and thankfully that's not something that we're talking about but um, yeah. so there are two trans players um, and they both of the players use they pronouns and Quinn is was called up for the Canadian national team yeah and i think i'm not sure whether Kumi Yokoyama was called up for Japan um which i should probably know but i don't um and for Canada that was a huge revelation both because they were the first Trans player called up, but also because Canada's national team had never Had um, A policy either on Trans players or even like an LGBTQ policy before so yeah. I think like you said it it's Like one seed could become a huge Farce yeah. that's a Terrible metaphor oh my god why Are you <laughs> letting me um, But I just like when you You said that when you Grew up you you know you didn't even have the language and now you're seeing these players
1: yeah i think you know i I, when i growing up i had no idea what a trans person was i just know how i felt um and i didn't know what how to put that into words and it wasn't until i got older that i was like oh okay that's that's what it is um but again you know there's there's a difference i think between somebody who uh you know have given two examples of, of two non-binary people um who uh, are in a slightly different situation to me having transitioned from male to female mm, yeah. um and so and it just shows that actually the, 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 the that no one's kicking up a big fuss about it because they're not being perceived as cheats. you know people people that a lot of the thoughts thrown at me is that You know, that I couldn't make it in the in the men's game, so I so I've gone through this whole transition, (laughs) like falling off of the social hierarchy, going from being, you know, uh, just so I can what play third division, so like it's just ridiculous do you know like the, the notion that i would go through all of this just so i can play third division football in the uk is mad um, going to be like you did this
2: just so you could be on the man on the post podcast
1: yeah this is this is this, this is like six years of my life it's, 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 it's been leading up to this moment and after, after i hit the, the the cancel button on this call i'm just going to detransition i would have achieved, achieved everything that i could have wanted to i
0: mean you had this um, pill there the whole time this sort of detransition pill and you just has been waiting to come I on need here. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, you know a lot about this, Jesse. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I read everything on it's on um, it's on Facebook. Uh, oh, I've read it on Facebook, it yeah. must be true. Yeah. uh uh-huh. um, it's like COVID vaccines being G or I don't Right, know. it's the 5G. It's the, yeah. I think 5G. it's the same thing, It's right?
2: the 5G. You yeah. log into 5G and then poof, you g- detune Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: Mm-hmm. There's many conspiracy theories, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, yeah, I think a lot of the time people just don't understand trans people, and as a result, they
0: <clears> lash <throat> out a bit. Well, this um, um the, sorry, Jesse. No, you go. I was just going
2: to dumb English, England question again.
0: Oh, were you? Okay, I was. I was just going to ask about um, uh, I'm going to absolutely butcher her name here. Uh, Jaya Salua from um. American Samoa, star, of Samoa course, of yeah, Samoa, yeah. yeah. Star of Next Girl Wins, the documentary. Yeah. So
1: Brilliant.
0: she plays, did not she, or she plays for men's, um, the men's team in the American Samoa, doesn't she?
1: I, I believe so. I think, it's, I think she's... I'm not sure whether she's played for them. I, I, I've I watched a bit of the documentary, and admittedly I fell asleep during it, because I was, it was very, <laughs> very late. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's... For me, like, I think there's there's these people that... Growing up, whenever I played with girls, um, the girls always wanted to play with the boys. Yeah. Do you know, they didn't want to play in a separate team. Mm. They accepted the fact they had to play in a separate team. But the girls always wanted to play with the boys. Um, And so, for me, I I try to see it as a, a uniquely privileged position that I am a woman that gets to play with the men a lot of the time. And people would prefer that I play play with the men, Um, but I think it's it's indicative if you if you gave young girls the same opportunities and the same encouragement to play football um, with boys all the time, and they it was always playing in that type of environment. I I have no doubt that there are there are women's players that would play in the highest levels of men's game. Um, You know, I think there's this common kind of misconception that. Um, you know the, the, an average sort of pubs team like some sunday league team would beat a professional women's side and it's absolutely mental <laughs> <laughs> there is no way that uh, a load of middle-aged dads are gonna are gonna run rings around um some professional professional women's athletes It just doesn't happen um and i think that you know they in, in LGBT like charity tournaments that I've played in, a lot of the time it's mixed gender, and, and you you might have at one side that's got four women out of out of the five or six players that are on the pitch, and you you see certain sides will go, oh, I, they'll be easy to beat, and they're not, <laughs> you know, there's not, you know, I think there's just like a there is a certain arrogance to 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 some guys, particularly in sports, that I think um, is prevalent, and I think that shows up a lot.
0: That's uh, it's very sort of alpha male jock behavior, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's again, if you're into sports, and, and I think this is one of the, 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 I come from a unique place where I have witnessed that, but not that, um, and sort of seen many facets of the game, and that kind of, that is what is sort of bred into young male players, is that competitive arrogance like i'm the best i will be the best i'm going to work hard i'm going to do that um you know and it's it's i think it's just yeah it's i i wish that that young girls had the same opportunities that, that that young boys do because the women's game and women in general have so much more to offer the world than you know the men's game has reached its pinnacle i feel um
0: are oh, you think you, th- you think that the sort of men's game is sort of but sort of, is it sort of about the bubble is about to burst, or do you think it's sort of got as much as it can do or
1: i just yeah i just i don't see um where it grows from where it is um in terms of uh business in terms of uh, uh a setup um and it's it's rapidly becoming uh almost like a franchise system um which I don't think is good for, is good for football. Um, whereas I think the women's game you know they still rely on young talent from the local area and developing players and I feel like that's much more in the ethos of what football is about and what sports should be about
0: Have you ever played abroad?
1: Uh, only on a holiday Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never played for uh, a club abroad?
1: No i never played for a club abroad I've, I've played in tournaments overseas stuff when I used to like youth tournaments and, and bits and pieces but um, no I've never played abroad I'd love to but mm. Um, I guess we, I speak a bit of French and a bit of Spanish. I reckon I probably get by, but um, not enough to. Everyone, to speak,
0: everyone speaks English. It's fine.
1: After after you
2: play in the World Cup, and then you do um, an overseas tour. You know, you play in the Uruguayan league and maybe even for Barcelona. Do you see yourself um, doing more like football advocacy or? Um. Hockey? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I obviously I do talks and all sorts of stuff now for, for, for clubs and, and, and all sorts of sporting organisations. Um, it's something that I will continue to do. I'm, a, I'm quite an active part in uh, the football versus homeophobia campaigns and, and get involved in the rainbow laces campaigns that happen every year. Um, but I think my, I, I really want to get into coaching and I really like to, to get into management in the women's game. That's going to be my my route if I'm going to stay in in football. Um, so I think once I'm once I'm done playing, um, I'll probably carry on coaching. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I'd, I'd like to get my my UEFA B license and and manage a, a professional side one day.
0: Have you got much experience of um, sort of do you do that? Because you did tell us your age before the recording started, which I won't repeat, but. Thank you. at your, at this sta- at, the, at this stage of your career is have you done some coaching with your club Has your manager sort of got you involved at all or
1: yeah and no, i i i have coached sides that i've played with um i think often because when i played particularly in in uh sort of more amateur setups where i've just gone for like a kick around a lot of those players that i played with haven't really been exposed to proper training drills, you know, and it's just a group of people that are getting together to play. And I've, I've obviously gone down and I've ran some drills with them and tried to explain, you know, movement and positioning and why your first touch is important. But ultimately, you know, there's, there's different levels to the game and there are people that just play because they want to exercise and have fun with their friends. Mm. Um, and that's one facet of coaching is facilitating that space. Um, but I would, I think that's where I've had more experience is more of facilitating a space where people can play football as opposed to, to more coaching. Um, but like I said, I, I'm, I am doing hopefully my, uh, my FA badges, uh, as we speak, uh, over the next season or two. Um, and then I'll look into getting my, I say my UEFA licenses, um, when I approach 40.
0: Have you started? <laughs> Which is a long way away, isn't it? <laughs> it it's,
1: it's longer than, 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 hopefully people think. Yeah. Uh, Definitely longer
2: for you than it is for me.
0: Well, I've already gone way past it, so.
2: It's, when did uh... you
1: start in management then, Chris?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can barely manage the two children and two dogs in my house, let alone, like, <laughs> 11 footballers. And, <laughs> um, so, do, do you, um, have you started your coaching badges as yet? Or is it something you're looking to do? Sorry, did you say? Right,
1: so I, I, think I'm gonna, um, I, I think I've probably got four or five more seasons in May before I definitely have to hang up my boots. Um, so I will look to doing them towards the end of those years. Um, and then well, the first year that I, I finish playing will be when I first commit to doing like proper qualification.
0: Is there a glass ceiling for um, for women uh, coaching and managing in the women's game, or has that changed over time?
1: Uh, not in the women's game, no. Um, but you've never seen a woman manage. I've seen many, many men manage um, women's teams and men's teams. I've never seen a woman in the men's game managing. Um, I think that's that's the glass ceiling there.
0: Uh, yeah, my, my sort of knowledge of it of really was um, national team manager. So there was was Mark Sampson before, or after Hope Powell. I can't remember after I think. After I think, yeah, and then they went straight to Phil Neville, didn't they? So yeah, I guess it's. Uh, but Emma Hayes refused the AFC. Neville,
1: who was so qualified, we all remember that. <laughs> uh, uh, Emma Hayes is one of the best managers I've I've yeah I, I I've ever witnessed. Like I, every time she speaks whether as a pundit or as a, a manager I'm just super impressed by her and her her knowledge of the game and she's just so matter of fact and I, I you know I would love to have played under her at some point you know that would have been fantastic because I think she understands the game
0: um and... sorry I'm you. sorry she, she understands the game and
1: yeah she understands the game and she it just has a, a passion and a way of putting things across that is just very this is how it is so you either do this and play good football or you don't do it and you get beaten and i really like that kind of you know black and white approach to football because it is black and white you know there's you do the right thing or you do the wrong thing and you either score or you don't
0: i think she was offered the men's job for afc wimbledon last season and she said no why would i go there they're sort of league one they're sort of, so that's third tier jesse yeah. um so, which then sort of very sort of begs the question: if a lady was, uh, if a, a, a woman was to come into the men's game as manager, uh, where they should go is one thing, uh, because you know if Emma Hayes is women's Premier League manager, she should get a job in the men's Premier League. Probably the more likely question is where will they go?
1: Yeah, um, they will go overseas. They will have there will be opportunities overseas, and uh, you know there are far more progressive leagues than ours. Mm. That's the reality of it. Um, You know, I think that there's a a huge wealth of talent on the pitch and off the pitch um, in the women's game around the world and, you know, particularly in England. And it's a shame to think that there are people that would look at at a woman managing a a men's team and go, well, what does she know? What does she know about the men's game? Um, And... I'd argue that those people, you know, probably haven't kicked a ball in twenty years, and just you <laughs> know go and watch, go and watch it on a Saturday, you know. And being a fan doesn't mean that you're a good, you you know, the game. Unfortunately, that's the the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole charade of football, isn't it? You know, mm. that it's you know everyone bitches and moans about your team, but no one's no one could do any better on the pitch. So,
0: if you were to put a sort of guess on as to how far we are away from. Uh, a woman managing a professional men's club do you reckon five years ten years or next week Um, or what do you think
1: that's a good question oh thank you um i'd like to say that in the next decade there would be someone in in the in the men's pyramid at some in some place whether that be uh pro or semi-pro yeah um but ultimately You know, I think it's, you have to, you'd have to, I think you'd have to be an outstanding player that, and the irony is, you know, it's not until a woman goes on uh, something like Soccer Aid, (laughs) do you know what I mean? (laughs) And and everyone goes, oh, you can tell she's a pro compared to, yeah, of course you can tell she's a pro, she's she's a good footballer, you know, I think you have to, it's not until people see women playing and they go, Oh, actually, they're totally comparable to the men. <laughs> do they get any respect? You know, like, um, and I think that's that's the, ultimately the problem, isn't it? Is that there's there's uh, I think uh, women would struggle to look after the egos of all of the male players. I think that would be that there would be nothing to do with ability. It'd be nothing to do with anything other than the fact that I don't think the men would respect them.
0: I think there was a female manager in League De, I think, Men's League De very recently, I think, and I can't remember her name, but um, she managed fairly high. I can't remember how she got on, unfortunately. But um...
2: Men get so many chances, too. I mean, how many times are we going to give, you know, Steve Bruce and Harry Redknapp <laughs> at all the same opportunity? But
1: Yeah, you know, Steve Bruce is one that I, I, I'm amazed that he's still getting management jobs. Right, um, <laughs> uh, especially in the Premier League, because see, I think he's only ever just been crap. <laughs> 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 like, admittedly, he has had a series of particularly crap sides, whether that be Birmingham or or Newcastle now that are, you know falling apart, in mean, financial disarray and mismanaged, whatever. I um, hope maybe that will change now with the takeover. You never know. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm with you, Jesse. Like people get way too many chances. Get some new blood in like if, if they fail 10 times just don't give them the job again <laughs>
2: and I don't see a woman getting that many I mean she could have one bad match and, and they're going to blame the fact that she's a woman and kick her
1: out 100% you know I, I think that yeah as, a, as a, someone who if you played in the men's game and like, like Steve Bruce or you know similar players you know people like Harry Redknapp who's I think I've ever won anything I think you won a really win an FA Cup with Portsmouth or something once oh.
0: Harry Redknapp did yeah yeah,
1: yeah um top top trivia top there. um <laughs> the yeah unless unless you're in that situation you know i can't understand you know these people are being paid money you know proper money you know to do to, to fail <laughs> repeatedly um yeah no, it baffles me it really baffles me i but I, I agree Jesse. i don't think we would have the same opportunities well just um, think
0: by the time you get your coaching badges and qualified you too could be on that gravy train
1: I, yeah, well that this is this is this is the plan, right? I've said <laughs> about ten years. I've got maybe ten years till I'm in that situation where I've got enough experience yeah. to do it. Um, maybe mm-hmm. I will be the next the next Steve Bruce, but with that... <laughs> got no, That's No No,
2: you and I'm saying this because Christopher Etchingham is on here I would definitely pick a different comparison. If you're gonna be the next Jurgen Klopp only better and with better teeth. <laughs> I don't
1: know glasses maybe yes
2: he's well, not wearing them anymore is he
1: chris, honestly. <laughs> I, I i i preferred glasses glasses clops and non-glasses clops yeah i think we
2: all did sorry chris i i
1: i, I feel I, like like glasses clops was kind of like a geography teacher that you kind of fancied I really did not do well by him but uh yeah i, I yeah i i i can tell you like that there, that there are many many people that i'm like i kind of fancy you and i have no idea why um, and Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp is on that on that list, along with like the comedian James a Acaster. Couldn't tell you why he's attractive. My daughter likes him. Love him. Um, I have to look
0: him up now. Okay. Oh, it's, it, he's very. Good. He doesn't like Ricky Gervais either because of Ricky Gervais's anti-trans. Ricky
2: Gervais sense. is a terrible human. But okay, carry on. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, would you be a track seat manager? or Would you be like a sort of um, suit manager?
1: Oh, track seat manager. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boots on the side of the pitch, just in case I need to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be wearing shin pads, just to, you know, just to get in the, in the mood and the spirit. Just one um, last call-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always have a kit on underneath, just in case.
0: Oh, John like, Terry. Like,
1: like, I... like Superwoman, I'd run into like, a phone box. Yeah, you know, I feel like Diego's going be
2: under that same black suit that's what he's wearing because he he does that weird like screaming argentinian gesturing on the side and part of me thinks that that suit is actually velcro <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: just rip like a like a one rip off like a like, yes. like, like the <laughs>
0: <laughs> not the rescue rangers listeners <laughs> um that's what you should get <laughs> <laughs> is there
1: do you mind if we take a, a two-minute break? Is that OK? Ooh,
0: well, I was just about to wrap up, if that's OK. Unless
1: there's,
0: wait, yeah. <laughs> unless, there's, unless there's anything else you want to um, discuss that we haven't so far. Uh, no. Oh, I
1: think we should. Cool. Um, uh, oh, oh, it's there? Yeah. Um, a Trans Radio UK football match um, that we played in recently, um in the National Affinity Cup. Um, we have other matches coming up um, and hopefully we are looking to organize a first friendly match between a women's team and a team that is uh, comprised solely of trans women um, which will be uh, the first time that ever happened in the world um, and it'll be very interesting to, to see a team of semi-pro women come up against uh, every trans woman that we could find basically.
0: Fabulous. Um, Where do we find out more about that?
1: Uh, it, it, we sh- I should be able to release more info about November time. So you have to follow me on my social media, and I'll uh, release all info on there. Um, but yeah, like it'll be it'll be really interesting. We, we were we were joking actually. Um, that, uh, it'll be the first game that I go into that I wouldn't actually mind losing, just because it <laughs> just kind of shoves the rhetoric up everybody who's like, oh, it's unfair, it's unfair. Um, Obviously, you know we'll, we'll play to win the same as any other game because I I, I can't I couldn't throw a match. I'm <laughs> <passive>. <laughs>
0: Um So if they, people do want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that?
1: Um, I'm at number seven, as in N O, and then the number seven, uh, Sammy. So at no seven Sammy um, on pretty much everything. whether that's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, so
0: the absolute across, lot
1: across, across the board I got I managed to nail down a, 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 an at symbol that works on every single social media um, and so I have concurrence across the, the whole board which is rare I think a lot of people are like oh I'm this on this and I'm this on there <laughs> uh, it's just nice, quite nice to have the synchronicity.
0: You must be worthy of a blue tick by now uh,
1: you know what like so to get a blue tick you have to apply for one yeah and like as a bit like i don't know i feel i feel like it i feel like it, if it was earned for your 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 contributions to twitter um <laughs> eager eager to have a blue tick but but knowing that that actually to get a blue tick you have to kind of go groveling to twitter and say please i'm someone worthy of a tick <laughs> um, makes it somewhat less appealing to me i'll be honest
0: no but, i understand um, that
1: but, uh who knows? A you know like i i I've, I've got my fingers in a lot of pies so hopefully they um i will get a blue tick from somewhere yeah you're bound to. at some point but uh i think i need to be have a few more followers than i do now before people start taking me that seriously <sighs> oh fair enough right jesse
0: if they want to follow you how do they do that
1: i mean they can but they don't have to yeah and, they do
2: jesse Loesch, just on Twitter
0: brilliant right well thank you ever so much sammy for joining us really really appreciate that um and i hope you come back on again at some point
1: it's been a pleasure i'll come back whenever you want me
0: oh lovely jubbly right brilliant well thank you ever so much jesse as well thank you guys this is great thank you for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post.